This is the Build Wealth Canada podcast, episode number 70. Welcome to the Build Wealth Canada podcast, where it's all about becoming debt-free, accelerating your wealth, and taking control of your money. Now, here's your host, Cornell Schreiber. Hey, it's Cornell, and welcome to the Build Wealth Canada show. While we talk about investments and financial planning a lot on the show, one thing that I wanted to get on your radar is the importance of diversifying your income sources. Now, whenever we talk about investments, saving for retirement and early retirement, the subject of diversification always comes up. And for good reason. We obviously don't want all our eggs in one basket. But what if we applied that concept to our income sources as well? So just how diversified are your income sources is a hundred percent of your annual income coming from just one source your job obviously that's not very diversified so one of the big things that the COVID-19 pandemic has taught us is that our jobs aren't actually all that secure many Canadians have lost their jobs many have been laid off in hopes of getting rehired once the pandemic blows over but how's that for instability knowing that you can get laid off at any time and then if you do get laid off just sitting and waiting to hopefully get rehired eventually now I don't know about you but it makes me very uneasy to have the possibility of my income being completely cut due to factors beyond our control, like COVID-19, for example, and the 2008 financial crisis. Now, I remember when I was fresh out of university and in my first job in 2007, right before the great financial crisis hit, and I naively thought, well, as long as I do a good job for my boss, there's no way I'll get fired. I just have to prove my worth, work really hard, and I have nothing to worry about. In other words, I made the rookie mistake of thinking that me not getting fired was completely within my control. Then the 2008 financial crisis hit, and I actually saw an entire floor of people get fired from the company that I was working at. Now, fortunately, I was spared, but it got me thinking, surely not everyone on that entire floor of people was an underperformer. In fact, I know many were seasoned, high-performing professionals, and they still got fired due to factors completely beyond their control, i.e. the company was struggling due to the economic collapse and couldn't keep everyone employed anymore even if they were solid performers. Now, all this to say is that it taught me a valuable lesson in the importance of not being fully reliant on one's employer and the importance of having our income sources diversified. Years later, I started a business on the side, which eventually ended up paying for all of my wife's and I day-to-day recreational expenses, like occasionally going out to eat. This allowed us to devote my entire paycheck from my day job completely towards paying off our mortgage and investing. And that allowed us to become financially independent at age 32 and become one of Canada's youngest retirees. And because we had that side income, we were actually able to still have fun while working towards our financial independence target, as opposed to never going out and eating rice and beans multiple times a week just so that we could maintain our 50% plus savings rate. Now, if you haven't been bitten by the entrepreneurial bug yet, then think of this. Typically, when we talk about returns that we can expect on our equities within our investment portfolio, the number that I like to use is 8%. That's what I use in my financial models and the number that I see many other experts use that I respect. Now, in my experience, when you have your own business, it's possible to actually grow it by double digits over the long run just by doing a few enhancements per year. 
Now, I realize that these are challenging times while we're in the midst of a pandemic, and it may be difficult to see growth at this moment as you and other businesses work on adapting to the new COVID-19 landscape. But I argue that in the long term, a side business remains not only a good strategy to ensure that you have multiple income sources to rely on, but it can also be rewarding both emotionally and financially. In my own experience, at least a 20% annual growth was possible, and it is actually something that is more within your control versus index investing, for example, which I love, but in it, you are nevertheless totally at the mercy of the markets. So while I'm definitely very devoted to investing, it makes a lot of sense to diversify your income sources by having your own business also. And whether you're looking to navigate an existing side business throughout the pandemic, or you're beginning to think about ways to diversify your income, it's important to know that while it may be a challenging time to run and grow a business, there are different tools and strategies that you can adopt to support your entrepreneurial journey. On that note, I wanted to introduce my guest for this week, Lori Darlington. Lori is the vice president in the small business division at RBC, and because she works for RBC, one of Canada's largest banks, she has access to an incredible amount of data on small businesses in Canada. And when you have that much data, studies and reports on Canadian small business, you start to notice certain patterns between the small Canadian businesses that succeed versus the ones that don't. And I wanted to ask her what her findings were in regards to this so that you and I can structure and optimize our businesses in the right way and not make some of the top mistakes that many Canadian business owners tend to make. We also cover questions like how to get set up properly as a new or existing small business in Canada. Lori and her team also put together a really good resource page of different services that small businesses need, like free accounting software, for example. So we definitely talk about that, and you can actually check out that page by going to buildwealthcanada.ca slash rbc and clicking on the Explore Tools and Services Beyond Banking button. Now, these are not tools and services necessarily owned by RBC. It's just a list of tools and services that they've compiled, which you may find helpful. And for some of them, they've actually arranged deals where you can get discounts and bonuses on them. So it's definitely worth checking out, especially if you're going to be using any of these services anyway. And once again, that link is buildwealthcanada.ca slash RBC. And if you go there, it'll just redirect you right away to that page. It's not an affiliate link or anything like that. Lori also shares her advice for new and existing small business owners in Canada and discusses the patterns that she's noticed between businesses that really struggled during the COVID-19 pandemic versus the ones that were really able to minimize the negative impact on their business. Now, before we get into the interview, I wanted to announce that the free tickets to the Canadian Financial Summit are finally available, and that is over at CanadianFinancialSummit.com, and you can sign up there for free access. Now, in case you're new to the podcast, this is a free event. It's 100% online, so no travel required. It's specifically for Canadians. It's taking place this October the 15th, and I'm bringing on some of Canada's top personal finance experts to share their best practices to help you retire early, invest better lower your fees, pay less in taxes, and help you learn the best practices when it comes to personal finance and investing so that you can hit your financial independence number years earlier. Collectively, past guests of the summit have been in hundreds of media articles from major news and financial publications in Canada, such as the Globe and Mail, the Financial Post, Global News, CTV, Yahoo Finance, and many, many others. I've brought on some big hitters this year, like the creator of the TFSA, Kevin McCarthy, and the Warren 
Warren Buffett of Canada, Peter Hudson, just to name a few. So I hope to see you there. It's free to attend. It's all online and you can register for free now at CanadianFinancialSummit.com. That's CanadianFinancialSummit.com. I look forward to seeing you there. And now let's get into the interview. All right, Lori, welcome to the show. Excellent. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for coming. As the largest bank in Canada, I'm sure you have access to some really good data on small businesses in Canada and the top mistakes and challenges that they tend to run into. Can you share some of these with us so that anybody starting or running a small business in Canada can hopefully better bypass some of these common mistakes? Absolutely. So it's really interesting because every small business is really on a unique journey um, in how they are bringing their business to life. Each and every year, though, RBC does do a survey of Canadian entrepreneurs coast to coast, and three challenges always seem to surface. The first is the need for a foundation in business administration. This isn't to say you need to know everything about, you know, how you're going to be running your business in the ins and outs. What we find, however, the most successful small businesses are able to do is to really articulate and document that detailed business plan and really think about your cash flow projections. The second challenge that we hear a lot about is the need for financial capital. The recommendation here to avoid this pitfall is don't necessarily wait until you need that capital to start having some discussions and thinking about how you're going to access it. Have those conversations with your your financial institution and talk about what the options might be. Also think about what kind of personal equity you're going to invest in it. That is something that whether it's a new lending partner or a different kind of partner, you know, they will be looking to see how much skin that you've got in the game. And the last challenge that we hear a lot about from our small business clients and through this survey is the need for a strong network of contacts. The one recommendation we always make is to recognize this as unique as every small business owner's journey is, you don't have to go it alone. Take the time, reach out to your network, whether it be different professional associations you're a part of, whether it's your lawyer, your accountant, your banker, take the time, sit down with them, share your business plan talk through it and ask for some honest feedback. For sure. And I really like your point about the financing piece, especially I can relate to that um, because I remember a common misconception that I've seen business owners have is, oh, well, my business is profitable so and it's going to be profitable, so I don't need to worry about the financing piece. But then there's that whole operating capital question, right? Where, okay, your business might be extremely profitable, but let's but cash flow is a whole separate thing, right? And if you start running short on that, all of a sudden you could get into hot water, even though, yeah, by the end of the year, your business will be profitable. But if you can't pay your bills this month because you're waiting for some invoices to come in, I mean, that can be a very, very uh, risky thing, right? And then you might resort to some really high interest debt, whereas if you planned earlier, like you suggested, you know you could have bypassed that whole issue. I guess kind of like insurance, right? Where it's like you don't try to get insurance when you actually need it because that's when you can run into problems, right? Absolutely. That's a great analogy. Yeah. So for anybody starting a new business or already running a small business, what are the most important essentials and best practices to ensure that we are set up correctly from the banking side and also the government reporting side so that we don't end up you know, getting into trouble during tax time from the CRA or run into money management issues like the one I just talked about where, okay, we're profitable, but our cash flow is actually lacking and now we're in trouble. The top two recommendations I'd share on that question would be to take the time and register your business, make it official, it's an exciting milestone, and also take the time to open up that business account. 
when you're registering your business early and opening that business account, it gives you the opportunity to separate your business expenses from your personal expenses. And through that startup ramp up time, as much as you may think you'll be able to kind of keep track of it and, and tease them apart, when it gets time to tax season, it gets really challenging. So you may be missing out on different opportunities if you haven't been able to capture all those business expenses. It's easier than ever to do both of those transactions as well. Um, online, owner.co, you're able to go online and with Within minutes, you can register your business. It's been hugely simplified. Um, account opening is also, you know, as, as with COVID has brought, many things have, have migrated online. Um, and at RBC recently, you're actually able to open your account in under 20 minutes all online. So there is, uh, you know, it, it includes the registration. It's a secure online process to be able to, you know, remote ID verification, document management. You're even able to set up your PIN. So these two activities of registering your business, opening that bank account, Account, they're easier than ever, and they will hugely simplify things as it gets closer to tax season. That's a good point. I remember one big mistake I made when I first started years and years ago is I used my personal account. So I signed up, you know, I had like a, a free bank that I was using. It was the PC one at the time, right? Uh, and then I thought, oh, well, I'll just use that for my business also. And then I made the mistake of trying to pay my business taxes through my personal account, which, as you can imagine, it ended up turning into a nightmare because, you know, the if you have a personal account, it's not set up to deal with things like paying HST to the government, paying business tax, things like that. And so I'm right, tried doing it. And yeah, I send the payment over. They didn't get it because their system's not set up to do that through personal accounts. And now I'm like, you know, chasing them to get my money back on the phone with the CRA. Just an absolute nightmare. So <laughs> I just wanted to highlight that because I tried to kind of do it that that way where I was like, oh, free accounts. Why would I bother with a business account? Uh, but I think when it comes to business, you really do want an, a business banking account that's specifically for businesses because you, they have all these integrations built in, right? That let you actually do these things efficiently. So absolutely. Another advantage is that it really, it really gives your company, your small business, a more um, professional look and image, right? When you're dealing with customers and suppliers and new, new, net new partners, to be able to have that business registered and that business account, um, it also comes across in terms of how you, uh, how far along you are on your journey. Mm -hmm. For sure. If a uh, a customer asks you for your like you know tax number for example right for their own purposes and you look at them like a deer in headlights you know that, that may you know that's kind of a flag like okay i don't really know what i'm doing that kind of a thing so i can see it, it being beneficial just to you know with the image of, the, of your company as well uh for sure so one of the pages that i really liked on your site was the beyond banking page i had a pretty thorough look at that where you list other companies that provide different services that small businesses need, like free accounting software, for example. And, and I noticed these aren't companies that you own, right? So this is not like you're just trying to sell your own product. These are just companies that you found are good resources uh, for small business owners. And then it looks like you guys are actually able, because of your size, to negotiate deals with some of these companies and give Canadian special rebates and discounts on the services that some of these companies provide. Can you talk about this page as well as some of the other free resources and tools that you guys have available on your site? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's interesting because a lot of people still have this notion that you only need to talk to your bank when it comes to, you know, that point in time when you need a loan or open a bank account. At RBC, what we are trying to do is to make it easier, um, cheaper, save them time and money, small businesses, regardless of, you know, the stage of journey that they're on, whether they are starting their business, whether they're managing their business or growing their business. What we've done is with the relationship that we have with so many small businesses across the country, 
country, we've got a really good understanding as to where those real pain points are and where those small businesses really need help. And so as you say, to that point, what we've gone out is we've gone out and we've partnered with a number of different organizations to be able to offer to our clients those services that are beyond that traditional banking. So as you say, there's lots of information on that Beyond Banking website, but just to share a couple or an example to to give people a sense as to what those are. Um, In terms of getting started, we talked about owner.co. That is something that was was built within RBC Ventures. It's an online um, ability to be able to register your business. Um, Speaking of online, as we know, there's been a massive migration to online and e-commerce. One of the recent partnerships we just announced is with Moneris and Bookmark. So for those small businesses looking to set up their online storefront, that's an option available to them and there's exclusive offers. There are also different ways that we support um, businesses as they're managing through. And that is one example is RBC Nomi Insights. And what we're doing is we're leveraging AI technology to be able to help feed insights back to that small business owner so that they are flagged with different, you know, changes that may be happening from a cash flow perspective um, and just being able to really trigger. We all know how busy small business owners are. So to be able to simplify and, and bring some of that value back to them um, is how we're looking to help them save time and run their business better. And the last category of, of partners that we've got is really about how do we help that small business owner manage and support their employees? Because without happy employees, you're, you're going to have challenges as a small business owner. A couple examples, Wello, we've got a healthcare partner, um, you know, especially pertinent with COVID, to be able to help employers support their employees through this, this health crisis. Another area that we have heard a lot about is small business owners, more so than ever before through COVID, have had a lot of workforce challenges, HR questions, and we know that small business owner wears, you know, the hats of a whole executive team in a larger company. And so we partnered with ADP, and they've got something called ADP HR Assist that gives that small business owner access to a wealth of of best practices and leading HR advice and guidance to be able to help support them through it. So lots of different partnerships depending on you know, what the needs are of that small business client, but that's where whether you're looking online or talking to a banking advisor, they'll really help to help to match up the best partner that will uh, best support those small businesses. Mm. For sure. Yeah, it was a really useful list. I've been in the small business world almost my entire career. And I was like, oh, I, I, I know about all these, I'm sure. And then I actually went and checked out the site. And I thought, hey, this is like, here's a company that I think there was a few where I saw and I thought, hey, maybe I should, you know, outsource this, you know, to this company because it'll save me a lot of time and they can do it cheaper and they have the, you know, integrations and systems in place. So it was actually a really neat thing I, that I enjoyed actually going through because, you know, I'm not, I'm not starting a business anymore. Like we have a, you know, running one here, but just to see kind of, okay, are there actually tasks that maybe I can outsource to help free up some of my time? And I can see being really valuable to a new business owner as well, just because it's kind of like you don't know what you don't know. And uh, and so you might as well, you know, this will kind of get the gears going in your head and some of these things will go on your radar. Um, what I'll do, Lori, is I'll, I'll put a link to that page in the show notes. And then just for anybody listening, I'll do like a easy remember link that will automatically redirect anybody that wants to check it out to that page. So it's going to be um, buildwealthcanada.ca slash RBC. And so if anybody goes there, it's automatically going to take you to that page. Um, and yeah, you, you can check it out. But yeah, it's, it's definitely worth uh, worth checking out. I really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, mo- moving on with the question. So with COVID-19, we're in a really unusual time for new and existing small businesses. I imagine there's many Canadians who, after seeing all these job losses take place, 
they're now considering maybe starting their own business on the side or maybe you know they got laid off and they don't know if they'll be welcome back to work and so now they're thinking maybe doing a full-time business you know and you know just to help with that extra cash flow as well so that they're not fully reliant on just one employer in case something like this happens again do you have any advice for new and existing small business owners as we hopefully continue to recover from COVID-19 as a country? Absolutely. A couple of recommendations I would share through this, uh, hopefully once in a lifetime experience that we're going through. Um, The first would be to get a really clear view and clear understanding of your cash flow and stress test it. There has never been a more important time. This is something that's always a really important exercise to go through, but especially with all of the uncertainty that we've got around COVID and the reopening and the potential second wave and whatnot, take the time and stress test it and run some scenarios. Think about um, as you're going through that scenario planning, you know, if, if you're only able to collect zero, 25, 50% of your account receivables, what kind of impact would that have on your business? Um, also thinking about um, your revenue, right? It's how do you protect that revenue? What are the different scenarios that you might see as that grows? Take the time and think about as well. A lot of uh, small businesses are, are have been able to reopen their doors now and, and be able to have customers back on their premises. But there's a lot that are also thinking about if a second wave does come and we need to close down or restrict our hours, whatnot, what would be that way that you could leverage digital to be able to help supplement, whether that's to enable curbside pickup or online purchasing. Um, one other recommendation I would share would be really around finding new opportunities and uh, new revenue opportunities. And this, again, comes back to the digital solutions in terms of how you can really help pivot your business model in a way that will will better be able to uh, withstand the, the challenges that COVID has, has given to many of us. Yeah, and I keep thinking back to the that operating line of credit and how, like you mentioned that briefly, and it was so helpful. I remember my previous employer years ago, we had primarily government clients and you know, the good thing about government was that they would always pay, you knew they would always pay. So we didn't have to worry so much about like, you know, the business defaulting and then us never receiving our payments. But the invoices could actually take a long time to come in, right? Because there's, you know, there's a certain level of bureaucracy as as we're aware, right? And so, you know, by the time it goes through all the, the systems and stuff. And so I remember having an actual line of credit for the business that saved us so many times where we're like, all right, we've got $50,000 coming in, but it might come tomorrow. It might come four months from now, but we need to pay our employees today. So, you know, and then so just to having that account all the time just really took so much stress and, and pressure off. And we're basically let us not stress about that, you know, and focus on growing the business. So um, I know I've kind of mentioned the lines of credit before, but I just keep thinking back to. <laughs> it's, it's impactful. It's impactful, yeah. right? Yeah. It makes such a difference. Oh, 100%. And now a quick break to tell you about some of the resources you may find helpful on our Build Wealth Canada site. With the amount of questions I get from the show, it's impossible to reply to everyone. So what I've done is brought in two resident experts that you can speak to for free to get some of your questions answered. So for financial planning related questions, we have John Kalos. He's been one of the show's most popular guests. He's a certified financial planner and is who I use to crunch all our numbers before we retired to make sure that we have enough to do an early retirement and won't run out of money and have to go back to work. So maybe you're saving for retirement and want to know if you're on the right track and are saving enough to retire early 
or maybe you just have some questions and want to make sure you have your finances in order. So John's able to help you with those kinds of questions. And he's agreed to give Build Wealth Canada listeners a free 30-minute consultation. So you can at least get some of your questions answered. I created a page where you can sign up to get a free 30-minute consultation. And when you sign up, you'll also be emailed a guide on the top questions to ask when looking for a financial planner or advisor. So that's over at buildwealthcanada.ca slash John. That's buildwealthcanada.ca slash John. And if you have any investing-related questions, that's the area that I'll be tackling. I answer all questions from students of the investing course, where you learn everything you need to know to be a do-it-yourself passive investor and pay the absolute lowest fees on your investments. And it actually shows you how to completely bypass the fees that robo-advisors charge, which can easily cost you tens of thousands of dollars over your investment lifetime. And then, of course, you see videos of me actually investing my own money so you can see how to do everything step by step. And I'm just an email away if you have any questions. So these lessons helped us retire in early 30s, and we still use them to this day. You can learn more about the course and try it risk-free over at buildwealthcanada.ca slash invest. That's buildwealthcanada.ca slash invest. And last but not least, the other resident expert that I brought on is there to answer your mortgage-related questions. So Sean is the best-selling author of the book, Burn Your Mortgage. He's been on CTV, Global News, CBC, The Globe and Mail, and many others. He's a licensed mortgage broker too, so I definitely also encourage you to reach out to him if you're looking to get a new mortgage or if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, as at the very least, he'll be able to provide you with a short list of the best mortgages that he's been able to find across all of Canada with the latest rates. None of this costs you anything, and there's no obligation to get your mortgage through him or use any of those suggested mortgages. So I made a special page for Build With Canada listeners too, where you can sign up to chat with him for free. And to help you further when you do that, I'll also email you the mortgage checklist, which is a guide on the top things to look for and consider when choosing a mortgage. So the page to speak with Sean and get your mortgage questions answered for free is buildwealthcanada.ca slash Sean. That's buildwealthcanada.ca slash Sean, S-E-A-N. All right, I hope you find that helpful. And now back to the show. So, you know, the thousands of small businesses that bank with you guys, I'm sure you've noticed some patterns between businesses that especially struggled during COVID-19 versus those that were able to really minimize the negative impact that it had. Were there any lessons learned from the data and conversations that you and your team have had that can help us better sort of be prepared for such storms in the future, whether it's another pandemic or something like the 2008 financial crisis? Well, small businesses have absolutely been disproportionately hit by COVID. And to better understand um, how some small businesses were able to, to better manage and stay resilient through this versus others, RBC did do a deep dive um, recently, and we published our full results on a in a report called Small Business Big Pivot. But really what we did is we took a look at small businesses, Canadian firms across the country, from ranging from 30000 to $5 million in annual revenue. And really we took a look at three different lenses. We took a look at the role that fixed costs played in their operations. We deeply understood their liquidity constraints, you know, such as overall debt or debt servicing ability. And the third was taking a look at the extent that physical contact was involved in delivering or or offering or selling their services. And what we found was that the biggest challenges were typically those small business with higher fixed costs, so they weren't able to, to adapt and shift. Um, higher debt loads, not too surprising, but also um, generally had products and services that did rely on that physical contact to be able to uh, to deliver. So those three factors really played a role in the ability to, to be resilient through the storm. One other area that we saw um, a real you know theme across is that digitally enabled businesses 
do tend to have a higher degree of flexibility in terms of how they manage, you know, and that relates back to a lot of the, you know, fixed costs, for example, and whatnot. Um, so thinking through that digital side is, is also another really important consideration. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how things end up being once this is over, because it seems like, you know, obviously businesses were moving more and more towards digital for many years now. But COVID has kind of said, well, you kind of have to do it immediately now. <laughs> you can't just kind of ease into it anymore. It's either you do it or you could be out of business. And, and so, yeah, the whole digital shift has really been interesting to see. And it's going to be interesting to see how, how things change going forward. Uh, so there's a fair bit of aid available to small businesses because of COVID-19. If somebody has questions or wants to see what their business is actually eligible for, is it better to reach out to a bank like yours or should they be reaching out directly to the government instead? So we absolutely encourage small businesses to reach out to their financial institution. Um, your financial institution will be able to have conversations with you around different government programs that are in place and are able to support your business that you can apply for through the banks. Um, and they can also talk to you about potentially, you know, financial solutions that are tailored that they have to offer and support you. Um, you know, at RBC and, and the other banks, we are supporting the, the government programs such as the Canadian Emergency Business Account, um, the EDC and BDC business credit program application, as well as the Canada wage subsidy program. So reach out, have that conversation with your with your financial institution. Every business has been impacted uniquely. And so really to be able to have that conversation to figure out those best solutions for you is, is by far the best approach. Mm. That's great. I'm glad there's an alternate go-to because I'm sure there's people that want to learn more about these programs. They call the government and it's like, well, there's high call volume, obviously, because of what's happening. Are you okay to wait on hold for two hours while the kids are screaming in the background or whatever? So I'm, I'm, I'm glad there's a, I'm glad there's there's an alternative. And that it's, yeah, it seems like the banks have, have gone pretty integrated with the government and providing these things, especially to, to businesses. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's great. Can you tell us a bit more about where we can go to learn more, uh, as well as any other sort of free tools and resources that you have available for small business owners? Absolutely. To learn more and really see the tools, we've actually just earlier in August um, launched a brand new site targeted for small business, and it's called the RBC Small Business Navigator. And really the the need we saw, and and this was really accentuated through COVID, was there are so many tools and resources out there and offers and advice for small businesses, but they're difficult to find. It's challenging to be able to, to find the information, the tools that you need at that point in time. So this online, this small business navigator on the rbc.com site, it really is a curated online hub um, that pulls together tips, advice. There's client stories that can share inspiration and ideas on how other small businesses have done it, um, as well as tools and a lot of the offers that we talked about earlier with the Beyond Banking. So it's, it's a great site. It's continually being updated as well. Um, so there's always fresh content there to, uh, to inspire and teach. That's great. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. It's, uh, yeah, I thought it would be great to have you on because because you guys are so large, you have so much data and, and you, like, you already mentioned all these different research reports that you do. You're by far the most to be able to sort of look at these patterns and things and say, okay, here's the problems we're seeing. Here's how others are overcoming it. Uh, so, so yeah, thanks so much for sharing that with us. Uh, and, and as well as the resources, that's really great. They guys are partnering with other companies uh, as well and sharing that. Um, so yeah, th- thanks again for coming on. No, you're absolutely welcome. Well, it's um, the role that we play. I mean, small business is the backbone of the economy. It's such an important uh, group of uh, of businesses for us. Um, One other um, quick profile I'll make, and it's also on this um, 
this Navigator site is Canada United. So not only are we looking to help our RBC clients, but we also have this initiative in place to help support Canadian small businesses across the country, whether they're an RBC client or not. We've got over 60 corporate partners that are contributing, and there's a small business grant um, being put together. The grant will open um, later in August. Um, so it's another great way and another great support for, uh, for small businesses. That's great. Yeah, thanks, Lori. I'll uh, I'll be sure to link to those in the show notes, uh, both on the website as well as within people's you know podcast players and all that. Uh, so if anybody wants to check it out, they can they can see it there as well. Um, so that that's great. So thank you so much for coming on. Wonderful. All thank right. you very much for having me. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye. All right. Thanks again for joining me today. Remember to check out some of the free resources that Lori and her team have put together over at Build Wealth Canada ca slash rbc and i especially recommend going there and clicking on the link explore tools and services beyond banking as that page lists some really good tools and resources that you can potentially use in your own business and i'm actually in the process now of going through it to see which ones i should start using myself in my own business like the free accounting software for example And as a side note, like I mentioned earlier, these are not necessarily companies owned by RBC that they're just trying to promote. It's instead just a list of tools and services that they've compiled, which you may find helpful. And for some of them, they've actually arranged deals where you can get discounts and bonuses on them. So it's definitely worth checking out. So that link again is buildwealthcanada.ca slash RBC. It's not an affiliate link or anything like that. And last but not least, don't forget that the free tickets are finally ready for the Canadian Financial Summit over at CanadianFinancialSummit.com. And like I mentioned earlier, it's a fully online event. You can watch all the presentations and interviews for free from many of the top personal finance and investing experts here in Canada, including the founder of the TFSA, Kevin McCarthy, the Warren Buffett of Canada, Peter Hudson, and many, many more. You'll learn an absolute ton about the best practices when it comes to optimizing your money and your investments, and you can register to get access to all the talks and presentations for free over at CanadianFinancialSummit.com. All right, I hope to see you there. Take care, bye. Thanks for listening to the Build Wealth Canada podcast at www.buildwealthcanada.ca. 